Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What's going on, guys? Your boy Smitty's still suffering and battling through the flu, but I work for you, and there's a lot of news kind of lingering around that I feel uncomfortable just leaving out there for tomorrow. I think you guys deserve better, so I'm here. I work for you. And some of this stuff is is kind of no news news, but I think it's worth, worth talking about because there are some people that are overreacting to a lot of news today. We had the Javante Williams overreactions today on the pitch count. Now we've got a lot of people overreacting on Cooper Cup. People, I'm actually getting DMs, and this is sometimes how I I take the temperature of whether a live stream is even needed, is when I get completely blasted with questions. Hey, do we drop Cooper Cup down? Do we drop Cooper Cup down? Are we worried about Cooper Cup? Should I trade away Cooper Cup for uh, a top of the second round wide receiver? People knee-jerk reacting Look, we don't know what's going on with Stafford yet. And to be honest with you, if I had to guess, Stafford's going to be fine. Stafford's going to be fine. This is going to be this is going to be something where, you know, he's it's being called an irritation of sorts and Stafford actually went on and let me see if I have this uh, I have this uh, quote here. Stafford went on and talked about this and it was irritating, an irritating elbow situation going on with his his arthritis in his elbow and people are, are making a lot out of this there were a couple bogus reports people trying to get clicks on on instagram and in other places on twitter talking about tommy johns that his elbow was blowing up and i'm here to tell you stafford as far as i can tell is dealing with what he's saying an irritating issue not only irritating to hear question after question talk to to reporter after reporter about something that he's taking care of He's going to be fine. This is not something that is season-ending or altering the value of Cooper Cup. We've been seeing Stafford drop breadbasket raindrop tosses to Cooper Cup while he's dealing with said irritated elbow issue. Okay? This is something that's going to be maintenance in between, you know, games. Maybe he practices a little less until it subsides. But this is something that can get better, even if you're playing on it, if you get the proper rest, you go through the proper... Uh, therapy and rehabilitation. This is not something I'm worried about at this point. So Stafford's irritated by the questions. He's irritated by the injury. It's an irritating injury, not a season-ending in- injury. And so th- I want to come in here and talk about that because it, it's it's big. It's big news in that Cup's ADP is being affected. And if you see Cup falling into the mid-second round right now, especially if you go on over to Underdog fantasy using promo code smitty and take advantage of stealing away cooper cup at seven overall because people are panicking worried williams are over there drafting like crazy worried william is on underdog fantasy right now promo code smitty worried william is passing on cooper cup because he thinks something bad's gonna happen like cooper cup's fine okay you can even take cooper cup as high as number two or number three overall so let's stop with this nonsense uh, you know, Cup is always my wide receiver three. JJ Chase for me says Avi. Uh, Chris, what's going on? Um, yeah, so Becton, this is another injury. So let's put this to bed. Cooper Cup, don't worry about him. Matthew Stafford, I mean, if push comes to shove and you're drafting between two very capable quarterbacks, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Kyler Murray, you got Matthew Stafford. 
probably okay to lean in the direction of the player that's not dealing with a, an irritating injury. But I don't want to hear anybody DM, nobody DM me again about Cooper Cup and whether you should avoid him in 2022 because you're worried about Stafford. I'm not concerned about this right now. It's fine. It's fine. But Stafford is, the Stafford injury is causing a very mini, mini Cooper Cup ADP drop on underdog. And just in general, I can tell you right now for a fact that Cooper Cup's ADP is dropping one to two spots right now because of all the DMs I'm getting. Massive amounts of DMs, constant. People are worried. The temperature is being checked. People are worried. It's my job to come out and alert you that I'm getting that kind of response. Look, I, I know when to go live on something when I'm getting DM'd like crazy because there are enough people worried about it. Okay, so enough of that for now if something develops with Stafford's elbow we're being lied to we can we can revisit this topic but for right now I'm not worried at all about Cooper Cup Cooper Cup and Stafford look phenomenal while while Stafford's been struggling with said injury now let's talk about I was going to go on to Jacobs but let's talk about this Becton injury um this is not good news um where's where's that graphic Uh, Becton's out for the, well, not not out for the year yet, but this is not good news. Uh, let me find this. This is this is not good news. I don't know. It doesn't affect doesn't affect me loving Brees Hall. It doesn't affect things like that. But it most certainly is a concern, right? It's something that we wish wasn't we weren't having to deal with. Definitely makes makes a little bit more worrisome. Screen here, hold on. So Becton suffered a knee injury. It looks like it's a, a chip potentially in his kneecap. Now, the severity of this can obviously determine a lot of things. So I'm I'm not going to be quick to say he's out for the year, but it's sounding like early on it was it was something where there's no panic. The initial word was no panic, don't panic over it. Uh, but Becton is expected to miss significant time after suffering the knee injury in Monday's practice. That significant time is being talked about uh, as potentially a big chunk of the year. It's being talked about as maybe the entire season. I think people are speculating at this point. Um, error on the side of caution. Expect them to be out. Does this make me stay away from from Brees Hall? No. Does it does it make me does it make me pissed off a little bit because I'm a Brees Hall owner? Absolutely. But it, it's it's definitely not good news. You know, we're being hit pretty hard with a lot of different news. I think some of it is is news you need to take in and, and let it affect maybe some of your draft value and, and some of it I, I, I don't. Do I think it'll drop Brees Hall's value a tiny bit and kind of wash out the difference of losing back to yeah. I think if it, I think this could cement Brees Hall into the fourth round in the upcoming drafts, which is plenty plenty of risk is baked in. At, at that point, if, if, you know, would I still take Brees Hall in round three? Yeah, I, I, this isn't going to affect my drafting of Brees Hall. It only makes me feel a little bit more discouraged about a, a quick transition into that full-time, no, you know, no looking back, I'm the starter, keys are in my hand type of role. But I, I don't know it's going to change anything. It's just certainly not a good thing. It can't be good. It can't be good. So some 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 bad news. I don't think uh, I don't I don't I don't know what to make of it yet. Let's wait and see until we know what for sure the timetable time frames looking like. But it looks like significant two season ending knee injury for Becton. Now chip in the kneecap. My initial reaction to that, and I've had kneecap issues, 
it depends on the damage and what is actually damaged in that chip. Is there a potential for that kneecap to crack? Uh, then you're going to have a big issue. If that if that's looked at in a second opinion or, a, you know, or the original opinions looked at and examined, I don't know what stage they're at in terms of trying to diagnose this thing and, and the time frame. But if, if there's no risk of the knee injury, uh, the chip in the knee, like cracking the kneecap with pressure and stuff, he might have to... Uh, um, he might have to, you know, sit out for a, a significant amount of time. I kind of feel like I wouldn't imagine it being a season-long injury, though, based on my knee experience and knowledge. Have I ever broke anything? Absolutely, bro. I've tore my ACL, my MCL, my LCL, my meniscus. I tore my patellar tendon off my kneecap. I've broke my arm. I, I've, all, I've broken collarbones. I've, I've got all the injuries, bro. That's why I, I, they call me the best non-doctor on the internet, bro. You're looking at the best non-doctor. You're looking at the best deep fake doctor on the internet for fantasy football information. I have 20 years of, of looking at this stuff. Uh, Ron Navy with a super chat. Appreciate you, Ron. Uh, your background music is kind of drowning out your voice. Is it loud? Is it loud? Let's let's lower this. Why is this so loud? Sorry about that, guys. Thank you, Ron, for telling me. I, that's always a bummer when you get through this length of a show like we're literally 13 minutes in to a really good show here at, at night and there's some kind of issue like that so that sucks uh kind of par for the course for tonight this kind of crappy news altogether, right uh cooper cup um again not worried but you know not great that stafford's struggling but let's not let it affect cooper cup's value stafford should be fine uh becton injured don't let it affect Brees hall too much but it's not great news you know so it's just a bunch of bunch of bad news kind of hitting us tonight uh the Javante Williams news to me isn't bad of course you want like let's be honest of course you want your coach to be like he's a starter he's a starter I want Javante Williams in there he's the guy there's no question you want that you want that I'm not gonna lie I want that but am I worried about uh this so-called pitch count that people are taking and then defining and making up numbers and saying timeshare 50 50 I didn't hear anything of the sort so not 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 super. Uh, yeah, now now the, the volume should be fixed. It's very hard to hear you. Yeah, we got that. Becton will end up being career a career bust, says Hazel. We'll see, bro. We'll see. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, Becton. We'll, we'll have more information on that. It sucks for it sucks for Brees Hall, but but it's not something that's going to detour me away from drafting him. Uh, Josh Jacobs was. Uh, Looks like Josh Jacobs, that that whole idea of trading him has been shot down. Doesn't mean that the team's not going to still look to do it. Um, McDaniel said that the team's not trying to trade him. They trust him. They believe in him. Uh, I think him playing uh, Thursday night when no other starters were really, you know, forced out there the way that he was and for the amount of time he was, it looked a little bit like they were showcasing him for trade or using him recklessly one way or the other. So I, I feel like uh, I feel like it's weird mixed messages. Like why run Jacobs out there if you weren't potentially showcasing him? And if you did do that not to showcase him, why were you putting him at risk to run him out there when you weren't doing it with other players? So kind of a weird message, a mixed message to me. I don't know what to make of it. I, I certainly wouldn't rule out the idea a trade could happen if the right call came in and they said, hey, we want Jacobs. The problem is I don't know that too many teams are going to be calling the Saints could call if they think a, a potential suspension is in order and coming down the way for uh, for um, 
Alvin Kamara, but that looks less likely for at least an early season suspension. So um, the other guy that, that's potentially being looked at to, to, to be traded is Kareem Hunt, um, or at least people think that that's in the cards. I don't think the Browns are looking to trade him actively. They denied his trade request. He wants to be traded. But keep in mind, Baker Mayfield requested a trade. It was denied, and they also traded Baker Mayfield. So the Browns is, have a certain way uh, of, 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 of handling this. Follower, no. I'm not sure what that means, BTG. Oh, follower of... Okay, so Evans and ETN, good value to give up for Chase. Evans and ETN, I pr- probably would not give up Evans and ETN for Chase, man. I think it's a little too much. I'd be happy to snatch up Javante in the early second, Hazelnut says, with the, the cool eyeglass emojis. Yes, the sunglasses. Absolutely, bro. Late second round, I'm all in. Javante, I'm not scared of Melvin Gordon. I'm not scared of uh, the offensive coordinator mentioning something that has, has no relation to what number of carries each of their, them are going to get. And even if, let's say, let's say Hackett came out and said it's 50-50 in week one, not going to change. Lowers Javante's value a little bit. I'm accepting of that. You know, third round value, give it to me all day long. That's all packaged in. Not worried about it. Not worried about it. Um, yeah, appreciate you, big uh, BTG. Hazelnut says, Hall, Mitchell, Gibson. I think you're answering someone else's question. Uh, if I've got any 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 graveyard voicemails, I'll, I'll play them. Let me see if I've got any. Uh, graveyard crew is slacking. I've got not one message from my graveyard crew. Uh, these voicemails have been light the last couple days. I don't know if we got to maybe get some new blood in here. I would say that if anybody hasn't been leaving voicemails, I'm going to scroll through and this is no offense. You can re you can reapply to get in here, but I might, I might bump some people out and get, bring some new blood in just to make sure we're getting some good messages left because voicemail two has been super dry for a long time. Uh, and, and the graveyard, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little down on the graveyard crew right now. Uh, we've got a couple of people in here and I don't have one single message even though we talked about that. Let's open up uh, the phone lines here for just a few minutes and, and, and take a, fo- a couple phone calls. Smitty with the flu, breaking news, getting those likes up. boy, James, yeah. Um, I felt like going live. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't feel the greatest, but I felt like, you know, I felt like doing something. And the fact that there's all this news kind of lingering, I felt obligated to get on here and talk about it, even if some of it is to shoot it down. Like a lot of this stuff is shooting down the news. Javante acknowledging it, accepting what has been said, but shooting it down, or at least guiding you in the right direction on how to use the information to use the information to your advantage, because I'm not backing off on Javante Williams whatsoever. I don't care what, I don't care what somebody interprets when you're asking an offensive coordinator about, about pitch counts and workloads. You have two running backs, you have two running backs and you have a running back in Javante that you don't want to run into the ground. You want to ease him in as well. This is his first season that he'll be starting full time. So definitely not uh, not worried about Javante one single bit. I'm just taking advantage of it everywhere I can get. Thank you, Paul, for the super chat. Paul says, is Brees Hall a good early pick with Becton out? Um, like I said earlier, uh, it's not great. I mean, how could it be great? But it's certainly not going to, it's only going to make him more of a fourth round steal. You know what I mean? Like if you can get Brees Hall in round four with no Becton versus round three with Becton, I mean, it, it kind of washes, you know what I mean? So... I like him in four a lot. I think he's win a league. Him and he, he, let me put it this way: he's still going to Mars. Okay, he's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. He's still going to the moon. 
the moon men dropping loads in outer space not 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 worried at all to the point where I'm I'm touching those lists or anything he he is a guy that that is probably the best value in fantasy football losing Becton will be a huge blow we don't know for sure if it's season ending there's speculation that it could be season ending but we have to wait and see versus just assuming the worst um when I first heard it I thought yeah, this is definitely unless there's some kind of crack that's going to make it so that his kneecap cracks in half which could be the case uh then yeah I mean th- then we have something where he's probably sitting out a long time but I, I don't know I kind of feel like kind of feel like this is going to be okay you know like in terms of like I don't, I, not season ending you know but we'll see how many games he misses if there's a crack to the point where the kneecap would snap in half or something then yeah you could be looking at a year um but we'll see Josh McDaniels shooting down the Josh Jacobs trade uh uh, concept jk dobbins activated from uh the pup list um he's still going to be brought along slowly is the thinking so don't get too excited yet but he is going to be active um and and from the pup or he is active from the pup and he'll start seeing what, what's what uh but remember he's not going to be 100 healthy until next season so he'll be playing at less than 100 and if he can stay healthy playing at less less than 100 i'll be impressed so I'm kind of staying away from him unless his value is really, really good. And by good, I mean super low, like people forget to draft him. And he, and, he, and he's going way, way, way later than his ADP. That's the only time I'm investing. Gus, the bus, Edwards, is is not looking good. He's kind of behind schedule. He's doubtful for week one, so stay away from Gus, the bus. This right here was more on the McVay information that we're talking about. McVay shooting down Stafford. Um you know, being in trouble or having some kind of blown up elbow or Tommy John surgery needed. Uh, McVeigh said that Matthew Stafford not throwing today was on track with the overall plan. Uh, and again, Stafford, you heard from Stafford. He said he's irritate. He's got an irritation in his elbow. It's not what everybody's trying to claim it to be. Don't worry whatsoever uh, about, uh, about Stafford for the time being. Um, this is the news shooting down the, the Jacobs trade. So that's what we got here. Let's go ahead and go to uh, the phone lines. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. That is 602 Dial in to the show if you want me to answer your questions. So let's go. We'll probably be doing this for a little bit, not too long, and then we're going to jump off. Appreciate everybody being here. Sorry about the audio issues at the beginning of the show. It's not one thing, it's another. It's weird how some of those things get triggered. You know, I've set this thing up and a setting just somehow doesn't hold or something triggers a setting to change and you can't know until you know. So, Ron Navy, appreciate you shouting that out. It's a shame I didn't notice until 13 minutes in. Uh, We are here to do phone calls. So, dial in. Uh, young and talented, it's happened before to Jake, uh, uh, ACL, yeah, but the whole point is this year, coming back from that ACL, I, I would worry about it, I, I won't, I won't draft a guy in a committee. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show, who am I talking to? You're talking to Avi here. What's up, Avi? What's up? What you got? So, I have a question for you. Out of Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, and I'd say like Allen Robinson.
Avi had disconnected. Uh, try calling back, Avi. You're live in the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Hey, what's up, man? It's Tanner. What's up, Tanner? Oh, not much, brother. What's going on? Not much. Uh, real hey, po- uh... Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Oh. Um, hey, I was calling to... Uh, I'm in a PPR keeper league. Uh, pick number nine. Should I uh, keep Austin Eckler or Justin Jefferson in the first? Um, keeper league, JJ. In my opinion, like, are you going to continue to have keeper... JJ over Eckler? Well, are you going to continue to have keeper advantages? You know, each year. Yes. Then yeah, JJ. Yes. I mean, if you're in a dynasty league, JJ okay. would go way above Eckler. Not way above, but like, yeah. I mean, Eckler is probably not a first rounder in dynasty. And in my mind, no, this is a redraft. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a keeper. Yeah, but but can you keep this player forever? Uh, I think two seasons in a row. Okay, so that's not okay. Uh, two seasons in a row, I still keep JJ. I mean, I'm I'm still drafting JJ okay. redraft over Eckler. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, but that's no. me. Is it PPR? Yes. Yeah, I, I I mean I in a redraft with no keeper advantage whatsoever. I'm drafting JJ, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup all over Eckler. Not that I hate Eckler. I like Eckler. He's pretty close after that, but I I just I'd rather start off with a. I mean, now with Javante maybe being end of the second, early third, and you may not want to go near Javante. I look, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be on a. Oh, a, I love Javante, bro. I have a feeling there's going to be less of us on this train, and that's fine. And I'm not mad at anybody. And you know what? I I, I should have taken a different approach earlier. You know, I'm, I've got the flu, so I'm I'm a little agitated. I think at times, but uh, but I I. It's fine. If anybody wants to jump off, I'm not going to even argue with them anymore. They can jump off. There's risk. I know the risk. I'm willing to take the risk. We're talking about almost third-round value, if not for sure third-round value risk. I'm willing to take it all day long. I, I'm fine. If someone doesn't want to, I get it. Not not mad at that individual. They can do whatever they want. But uh, but for, in your case, I JJ. Love, I love Javante. I mean, get him in the second round, bro. And then with the Beckton news, you might get Brees Hall in <laughs> round four now. And, and you know it's not great, but oh, yeah. it's certainly not going to hold oh, haul back you know too much. It'll, it it definitely isn't great, but it's it, it might it might wash in terms of the ADP drop. So right, well, right on, man. Well, I appreciate it. All right, bro. Appreciate you calling in. Later. Yeah. Take it easy. Uh, this question from Avi. Avi, you can try it again. I think you were saying DK, Deontay, A Rob. And who is the other player? It was A-Rob and... I forget who you had, but it was DK, Deontay, A-Rob, and somebody. But I would say... I would say DK from the list that I have. What's up, Niner by Nature? What's going on, my friend? Sir Lance, the king of the NFC. Let's yeah. do what you found. Hey, man, uh, just enjoy <laughs> more Trey Lance doubt that's kind of being shoveled out there today and yesterday. And if it's not one thing, it's another, man. Oh, man. I mean, I, look. It is, it is. I mean, let's be honest. I'm I'm down on certain players. You know, like, the, I, I have some, I have some, like, you know, stay away from Fournette. Stay away, like, so I'm probably the same person that I complain about. <laughs> you know, like, let's be honest. But <laughs> I feel like I'm at least bringing... 
logic to it. And I feel like I'm right. You know, like I'm not going to be right about everything. I know that I'm not an idiot, but like, I feel like I'm, I'm not trying to, to, you know, sway anybody away from what I think really will happen. I'm literally trying to predict what's going to happen. And I truly believe, you know, that what I say is true and what I say is going to happen. Now, most of my downfalls come in coaching. So if there was a prediction Mm -hmm. that could get ruined, that I'm, I'm completely ignoring the coaching element. It would be the Javante one. Like, let's just be honest. I'm being honest right now. If there's a prediction where I'm right. scratching my head at the end of the year and I'm saying, I know I'm right, I know I'm right, but I'm wrong, but I know I'm right, it's Javante. Like, it would be Javante, but I, I firmly believe that he's so talented and Melvin Gordon's so old, unfortunately, 29 is, is ancient for running backs in today's NFL I know for a fact that Javante's skill is going to shine through. Uh, there's just no way in my mind this coaching staff is going to ignore it or that, that Melvin Gordon is going to stay healthy. But that is one. So to circle back to Trey, and I know you want to talk about probably Trey, is I, I feel like that's yeah, another that's one good. where my gut's telling me I don't think coaching can screw it up anymore because Jimmy's out of the picture. I don't think, you know, only only Trey can fail, and I don't think he will. I think Trey's going to be unbelievable. He's learning. People are judging him. They're, they're acting like he should be doing everything 100% satisfactory right now when he hasn't even played as a starter yet for one, you know, not even one week. Lo- lo- love, love Trey Lance. What are you thinking? Yeah, I just want to give you your flowers, man, because you were spot on, man. You said... Right after this, right after uh, Kyle Shanahan announced that Trey Lance is, is the is a starter, he said, and I remember I called in, he was like, man, bro, just get get ready, stay strong, be prepared, because the Trey Lance hate is going to come like no other, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Come, come on. I mean, like, at the same time, um, you know, my belief in Trey has not waited, and the reason why it has not waited because I already knew Trey was Trey was, was going to struggle in training camp. And this is this is the time for him to have his up and downs to uh to go through and to go through what he's going through because he, he has to learn what he can and cannot do. And and if he's doing that against 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 a top five defense every single day, what is going what is gonna be like throughout the season? And then on top of that and then on top of that um, you know, I constantly be on Twitter, you know, in spaces, kind of trying to uh, keep the faithful encouraged and, and not not be alarmed, not be alarmed by these reports because I keep bringing up the fact, like in, in 2018, when Mahomes, I mean, granted, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying Trey is Mahomes, but I'm just saying in 2018, there's a parallel to this because Mahomes in training camp, he was struggling, he was struggling mightily. Even when he went to preseason, he wasn't that. Nobody was thinking that he's going to be that 2018 MVP hey, Mahomes. But you know, but then as soon as that first, as soon as that week one came, it, you know, it was all hitting on cylinders. There's something that Debo said. Debo said because uh, one one of the NFL report, uh, NFL network people had asked him like, "Hey, what's, what's your thoughts on Trey Lance and stuff?" He said, "Man, you know, it's early in camp. You know, it's, it's early. You know, uh, uh, right now." We're trying to. I mean, Trey Lance has us, you know. For you know, he has us. That's why he. That's why I think he's going to be successful. But then, but then at the same time, he has training camp and it's preseason. And by week one, we should all be hitting on all cylinders because it's like everybody's confident in Trey. That's that's one thing that I that I, that I have noticed. Everybody's confident in Trey. Kyle Shanahan doesn't have to go up to the to, to the podium and and, and defend Trey. Trey, uh, uh, his his demeanor and his body language is. 
is still exuding confidence. So it's like they know the process and they know what they know the process and they know what they have to do because you know at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, Kyle Shanahan's not game planning for for this for this defense. You yeah. know, what I mean, he's letting Trey Block there and learn. He let him learn. Okay, can you make this throw? Okay, you can make this throw. Can you make that throw? Can you make that throw? See, the thing is, and and one of Trey one of Trey uh, Lent's biggest haters, I think his name go by the name of Mike Silver. He 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 supposedly got his credentials, and he's supposed to be supposed to be reporting to the Niners training camp tomorrow, so he can see for his own eyes. It's like okay. It, if, if there was nothing but good reports coming out of the Niners training camp, I guarantee he would not be there. But now that there's saying that all oh, the this inaccuracy issues, um, there's this, there's that, without any context behind uh, uh, what they what they're reporting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, Some people. Uh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I mean, bottom line is there's going to be hate. People are going to throw hate. They're just trying to make up stuff at this point. Like, to, to simplify it, because we, I mean, seriously, we could go on and on and on about it. To simplify it, it's literally this simple. If you had video footage of Josh Allen after his first year even, and, the, and Trey, Trey hasn't had like a full year of playing. Josh Allen, you know, had at this point. After Josh Allen's first year of playing, Josh Allen would have you would have run for the hills if you got a hold of footage of him trying to work on his technique and seeing him in practice, you know, and not to mention Mm. social media is getting bigger by the day. Every single day, social Mm -hmm. media is bigger. There's more people out there tweeting. There's more people out there with video videos rampant about, you know, this play, that play. Two years ago, you didn't see footage of every single throw in camp, every single. Now you've got people reporting on everything. This wasn't the way it was. So you got a bigger scope, uh, you know, mic- microscope on you during this stage in your career. Josh Allen didn't really have to face that as, as heavy as Trey's facing it. Number two, there's people invested heavily in, in Trey failing because they've already put their neck on the line. And they're just doubling down, doubling mm. down, doubling down. I got to be right. I got to be right. Mm. We all do that. Right. I know some people say I'm doing that with Javante. I'm not. Um, but I know I understand why people think I might be. But in the case of Trey, it's like, look, I don't even think he's going to struggle like so many people define the situation as like, hey, Trey's going to have ups and downs. Like they talk, like they're trying to prepare me for. A, I don't. I, I I think he's gonna like any quarterback have ups and downs. I. I don't think it's worth it to right. even say it because every quarterback has ups and downs. So it's not isolated to Trey. Trey's going to have normal ups and downs that any quarterback has that we don't even mention or talk about. Trey has the supporting cast around him like no other in the NFL. So even if Trey is not as ready as I would like him to be, he will deliver. And, and if he doesn't deliver as uh, to the extent that I think he will, He's still going to be amazing. He's going to he's going to grow a little slower than I thought. And he's going to blow up in his second year starting. And I will be not wrong, but I'll be one year early. And I'm willing to be okay with. I'm willing to be one year early on Trey. Trey's situation is so good. I think I won't be one year early. So I feel like Trey's going to yeah. absolutely ball out. Uh, Trey Lance won't be top ten this year. Hate to break it to you, says Walter. Walter, why are we even here then? If you had this information the whole time. Why did I even go live? We could have just asked you the question <laughs> and saved our time. I mean, if I knew you had the answers, oh, bro, we wouldn't even be here. Good God. So Lance, Lance is going to be 
uh, I didn't say Lance was a red Aaron. I've said nothing but the opposite of that. Lance is going to absolutely explode. If he's not ready, if I'm wrong, and Lance is not ready, he's still going to look good. That's what I'm trying to say, Aaron. Even if I miscalculate this and he struggles, he's still going to look good. He's still going to look, he's still going to deliver because look what Jimmy G did. He almost took this team to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl, bro. And he, 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 Jimmy G's not, he didn't have half the talent that Trey's got on any level. So let's, let's not kid ourselves. This team, if this team brings it at all, the way that they brought it last year, and this defense is tough, and that's another thing. He's going up against one of the best defenses in the entire National Football League on a daily basis. It's going to look like child's play when he goes out there against the, the Bears, you know? It's going to be, it's going to be, this it's a tough defense it's great this is great for trey going against that d every single day you know and they've got stuff to work out on the line um yeah you know but but trey trey's gonna be so good on the fly because trey is very good on the fly and that's a fact because he has 42 touchdowns in his college season and zero ints so right yeah now I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm a, I mean I'm gonna ask this quick question. And I'm gonna let you go. I know I know you're not feeling well. And I'm gonna not pay for your health, but I'm just I'm just gonna ask this one question. Do you feel like because everybody everybody's saying this man, um, Kyle Shanahan gonna run the hell out of the ball and and, and he's not gonna he's not gonna allow Trey to, to throw the ball that much. Do you do you kind of believe that? Um, no, because I mean I I think. Uh... I think that I think that Trey is so good at improvising that he's gonna do things that were you know not designed and, and, and cooked up. So like he's not gonna like if 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 a, if a, if a bad play call came in and Jimmy couldn't execute it, it was a sack, you know, or a turnover. Mm. Whereas Trey is gonna tuck right. and run and just make magic happen. And I think once once Shanahan sees like, hey, I can actually trust this guy. I think that's when he starts opening right. it up. You know what I mean? So early on, yeah, I think you're going to try to run the ball like 40 times a game. And and, and <laughs> if you're up, Shanahan's going to be conservative with Trey. But I think that right. once Trey does show he can be trusted, and when you, when you score a four, I don't care about, everyone can say level of competition was low, but when you can score 42 touchdowns and have zero INTs, I don't care about the competition. That shows very, very good ability to make decisions that are good. So if you want to just transfer that to the NFL and say the NFL stronger, faster, I get all that. But that that is a very good stat to bring in and say this guy makes good decisions when he's put under pressure. And and I think the way this offense is going to spread out defense is Trey's going to he's going to slow it down in a sense that way. And Trey already played. It's not like this is Trey's rookie year. Trey played. Trey won a high stakes league uh, game with 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 playoff uh, implications. You know, against the Texans. Who, yeah, you can laugh at the Texans, but they just beat the Bengals before that, and they were a pretty decent team at that moment in time. And and I know they've got their problems, but they're kind of underrated in a sense, uh, especially on defense and the way that they. They can knock off a team at any given moment, even though they're still building and they're kind of a, a joke to a lot of people. That was a high, you know, pressure game that he won that needed to be won for playoff purposes. 
and then you go back to the Cardinal game, the Cardinals were the number one team in the entire National Football League. There's no argument to that at the time. I'm not saying they didn't mm-hmm. fall apart completely later, but at that moment in time, no one was better than the Cardinals. Nobody. And Trey right. went toe-to-toe. Right. So this whole notion that he has no experience, he's practically his rookie year, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into it at all. Mm-hmm. He also had a lot of very, very, you know, uh, uh, emotional and 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 strategic, like, you know, preparation and, and going through the process and the motion um, while you guys were going through the playoffs. Like, that's, that's a lot to learn and a lot to go through, too. So, like, Trey's got experience. It may be kind of limited, similar to how his college right. scope and resume is limited, but that doesn't hold players back. Small schools, Jerry Rice. Or, or, or Randy Moss, you know, small school Randy Moss, you know, you could you could you could talk about yeah. that all day long. You could say uh, play one year. You could you could give example after example, and what people will tell you is you can't use Randy Moss. Like when can you use examples? Then can I just not use any examples? Like <laughs> when do I get the ability to use an example? When do you can't call him Patrick Mahomes? Why can't I call him Patrick Mahomes? And this is gonna probably uh, irk a lot of the people in here that think that Trey Lance is gonna bust. But he has Patrick Mahomes potential. Take that in. Chew on that a little bit. Mm. I mean, he, he does. Like, p- p- do people came at my <laughs> neck when I call Patrick Mahomes the next Peyton Manning? You know, in a different way. He's going to run the ball and be, but he's going to be the next elite quarterback. People came from my neck. You can't say that. You can't call. You can't call him the next. You know, this or that. Watch me. Watch me. I did do it. I'll continue to do it. It's my show. Guess what? Trey's got Mahomes offside. Plain and simple. Ooh, I love it, Smitty. Hey, Smitty, get well soon, brother. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate you. Honor by nature, everybody. Good dude. Good dude. Uh, 147 people in here. Appreciate you all being here. Punch that thumb up button if you're new. Subscribe if you're new. Welcome home. And uh, I don't know, there's... Lance, no Mahomes. I just got through explaining it to you, Aaron. You know how many people told me, Mahomes, the next Peyton Manning? Oh, that was probably you, Aaron. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Hey, Smitty. My name's Ben. Your name's who? Ben. Ben, what's up, Ben? What's up, Ben? Uh, not too much, Smitty. I just got done watching Better Call Saul. I'm doing good right now. a boy, don't ruin it for me. What what else is going on? Oh, I, oh, I won't. Don't worry, I won't. Um, so I got switching topics from Trey Lance here. Um, I want to know your um your opinion on right now Matthew Stafford's um elbow right now and. How scared are you about it on a scale of one to ten for going into the season? Would you say uh, a, a one or a two? Really? Yeah. I mean, he like we, we I talked about at the top of the show. You might have missed it, which is fine. I don't expect you to watch every waking minute. Yeah, of the show. I did. Sorry. But but I mean, Stafford called it. I mean, I have I have the the graphic right here. I can drag it on the screen. Stafford called it an irritating, uh, an irritating, annoying like irritating elbow injury and that he's annoyed by all the questions about it you know he's more more irritated by the questions than he is the elbow 
So he's like, you guys want to ask me something else other than about my my right arm? So he's he's not like here. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'd almost say one, bro. I'd almost say not even a two. I'd say a one. The thing is, like, he's been struggling with this. And didn't you just see him throw a raindrop touchdown pass to Cooper Cup in practice? Did you see that? Yeah. Placement of that ball was beautiful. Like, why are we worried? Look, let Matthew Stafford fear drive down Cooper Cup's ADP. I welcome it. Let Melvin Gordon fear and pitch count talk that no one's even defining as what he meant by pitch count. Everybody heard, hey, that's like my mom. It's like my mom. If you said to my mom, I'm going to back your car out when I was 14 years old playing basketball in the driveway. I need to back the car out so I can play basketball. You're not taking my car out for a spin. You're not on insurance. And she just take it and run with it and make up stuff. Like, look, you heard pitch count. That's what you heard. You didn't hear 50-50 split. Matthew Stafford, elbow injury. We didn't hear anything about that. Someone's putting Tommy John surgeries needed that his elbows swall, like swall up and he needs a Tommy John surgery. People are running these reports just to get clicks, bro. So it, it's, you know, yeah. it's nothing, man. At this point, it's nothing. If it becomes something, you know, if we hear that he's lying about it or whatever, then we'll address it. But you don't throw raindrop touchdown passes. Look, you know, fine. It's ir- it's irritated. He needs to rest it. Even using it won't necessarily make it worse. It depends on the situation. But I'm not worried about it at all, bro. Not worried about it at all. Right. Well, I'm glad to hear that from a reliable source. Yeah. I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to see um, Cardinals play the Rams week three this season. Matt Broski. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm hyped as I am. The next, the week after that, I'm seeing uh, the Raiders versus the Broncos live as well. I'm going on a big trip. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, hyped. Niner by nature. Um, this is a Niner fan, mind you. He's he's a uh, he's uh, one of the diehards here. Uh, says that I say Tommy John surgery to the Rams fans because they're annoying. <laughs> so he's riling, yeah. he's riling them up, but I mean. Don't worry about it, man. Until until we hear something substantial, like Stafford himself is telling, like, you know what I mean? Like, if we hadn't heard anything, I'd be like you. I'd be like a little bit, like when you, when you called up, I'd be a little bit like, okay, I need to know more. Like, what's going on here? But Stafford literally, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you could see the photo I put up, but he's literally, oh, I did, yeah. he's literally answering questions saying that he's more annoyed by the questions than his elbow. So, like, he's already answered a question. He's fine. I mean, yeah, is it, is it I, good news? No, you'd rather not have, you know, any kind of tendonitis. But I've had tendonitis before, you know, throughout my life. And and I thought, oh, my God, that pain is awful. And, like, literally, you know, still working out and doing stuff, it goes away. So it's not like it, it's not like it's something that, that because he's throwing, because he's got to play games, that it's never going to get better. And it's going to be a, a massive problem at some point during the year. It's not necessarily one of those things. So don't worry about it. Got it. Appreciate well, you, Ben. Anything sure. else? Uh, yeah, actually, one more question, kind of Rams related. Um, how um, how do you like A. Rob this year now with Stafford, and do you like him more than guys going around in his range like uh, Marquise Brown and uh, Mike Williams, or would you like those guys better? I think they're all pretty arguable. You know, like I'll admit, man, I'll admit I was a bit a little bit skeptical on a rob only because of, of of 
one major reason, and I think it's a pretty legitimate reason to be concerned on my part. I think it's logical. It's smart to like be cautious, right? Um, why right. did he, why did he not do anything in Chicago for the last couple of years? Um, why did he he had two different quarterbacks or more rotate through too, and he still didn't do anything, but Mooney did. So I was a little bit concerned by that, and I know he was struggling with injuries, but. I think because I've seen him doing very well in camp, bro, I'm kind of throwing all those concerns away and saying fresh start, you know, Stafford knows how to, to, to make a number two wide receiver effective. And as long as he can stay healthy, he looks good. So I'm willing to give A-Rob a fresh, clean slate and, and not so much drag Chicago into the situation. But uh, I'll be honest, I, I did, I, I was dragging him down in my rankings a lot. And I just wanted to see something out of him, and I have. So time to adjust and adapt. And, and I would say I probably have Mike Williams higher, but you wouldn't be crazy to have Hollywood Brown, Mike Williams, or A-Rob, you know, one ranked over the other. They're all very, very close. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, all right, yeah, thanks, Smitty. Thanks a lot. Uh, feel better, all right? Yeah, appreciate you, my man. Uh, right. but, peace, yeah, peace out. Later. All right, what else we got? Um, call in if you if you have a question. Here's one from Avi. What up, Smitty? Has your opinion changed? Round, if you can get Cole Thomas at all lately, like maybe eighth, ninth round, if you can get him there. And uh, who's the wide receiver to own on the Jags? Tough question, but any sleepers there? Michael. So Michael Thomas in the eighth or ninth round range, I probably would say. Uh, I probably would say nine's acceptable. Nine's acceptable. Um, eight is probably acceptable. Six is not. Seven's probably not. Um, eight could be. And uh, what was the other part of the question? Jags wide receiver. I mean, the number one wide receiver is Christian Kirk. The number one pass catcher is ETN. So, and and Ron Navy's made some good arguments for Christian Kirk. And you know what? I've looked at it, and I, I don't mind. I don't mind Christian Kirk. You know, at a certain range, but it's got to be not one of my starters. It's one of my four, five, or six wide receivers. You're live in the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Yes. Hello. This is Josh. What's up, Josh? What's good, Smitty? Um, I've been I followed you for Javante last year, mm-hmm. and it ended up paying off. And I'm I'm back on the Javante train again. And I also wanted to know this year I plan on going three running backs. And I wanted to know like should I should I take Saquon or should I reach for Javante in a second? Um, I you know it's preference, and I know a lot of people in here are going to have knee jerk reactions to the. Javante news today and I don't blame anybody like my earlier approach I'm going to take a different approach you know I I have the flu so cut me some slack I'm a little agitated today um but you know you want to like Barkley more than Javante you don't like the risk involved I get it there's risk involved for Saquon that I don't like that some of you like so to each his own but if you're asking me Javante Williams can still be even under under the current conditions, and a lot of people aren't going to like this. A lot of people are going to think I'm 
I'm just chasing more good after bad with this. And that I'm doing my own sunk cost fallacy situation where I'm just continuing to double down. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm telling you. The stats, my eyeballs, everything. The only thing standing in the way is coaching, which could be my downfall with this prediction. I'm admitting it. But there's risk with everybody. CMC, there's injury risk. You know, Eckler, there's injury risk. There's usage risk. Henry, there's injury risk and usage risk. Like, Javante was overworked last year, and he's got a bad offensive line that may have improved, and your quarterback play may or may not get better. There's risk everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Javante has zero risk other than his usage. But why are we so critical of his usage risk when everything else is off the charts, bro? Everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, take Barkley, for example. You have Javante, who the metrics... His ability, if he got the full workload, he'd be the number one or number two running back in fantasy football. Clear clear as day, no question about it. Number one or number two fantasy football running back in 2022 if he got all the work and was a volume hog, right? I mean, can you can you admit that or do you feel differently? Oh, yeah. No, I okay. having him last year, I can definitely admit that and believe that from like his spurts, his spurts of a couple games he had last year. And Melvin Gordon did scare me at first. When he first signed, but like after like this past week, week and a half, I'm looking at it, and all the things are saying like Melvin Gordon is gonna Melvin Gordon is R, is like RBB. He's like Javante's one A and Melvin Gordon's one B, and Javante's getting like more of the shaps, more of the snap share, and he's getting like more of the workload than Melvin is at this current point in camp. Yeah, but you and won't me, you won't hear that though because what people heard was the offensive coordinator through somebody else suggest that they're on pitch counts and all people take from that is they're splitting carries like it, it's like it's it's head scratching bro like so what i'm going to tell you this is this javante williams is no bigger of a risk than saquon barkley no bigger of a risk than really any running back you throw at me because i can give you a list of risks that i have for that player you know what i'm saying so it makes no sense for people to literally call Javante a big risk when he has just the one risk and guess what's tied to that one risk because it's not talent it's not the metric it's all the metrics say he's going to explode it's none of that the only risk is usage and guess what's tied to usage guess what kind of anchor we have on that potential problem Melvin Gordon and a, a 29 year old running back a 29 year old running back that is a 3.9 before he hit head to, headed to Denver to get more yards per carry because Denver runs the ball very well. And that was proven by both running backs playing really well. Melvin Gordon is a 3.9 per carry running back that is naturally going to lose a little bit of a step every single year because he's 29 years old. And so you're telling me the only risk Javante Williams has is tied to a 29-year-old running back that is a pedestrian 3.9 yards per carry heading into Denver and a guy that needs massive volume in order to produce, I'm all in. And so my answer to you is Saquon Barkley is still riskier than Javante Williams by a lot. To me, it's, it's a lot. I understand if you feel differently, guys. Anybody can disagree with me. I'm not even mad at you. I won't be mad at you. You say what you want, think what you want. You're free to. But I oh, no, go ahead. Because me, I'm on the unpopular opinion. I believe I believe both are like better than what their ADP tells tells you. Like 
I've been seeing Nick Chubb go in front of Barkley a lot. I've been seeing Swift go in front of Barkley and Javante a lot. But personally, if I if I was if I was at the turn, I would rather have like Barkley and Javante over those two or one of the back end wide receiver ones. Me personally. So like, but like, I just kept seeing, I just kept seeing like a whole bunch of Javante talk because I'm a firm believer. So I just wanted to make sure like that that me me reaching for Javante at like the I like the two I like the two o like the two o two the two o four like I just wanted to make sure he didn't seem like too crazy because between my league mates when I keep telling them about Javante. They make it seem like he's like he's no more than a third round, Bro. late second round pick, maybe. Which is fantastic, and that's where you need to draft him. That's where you need to trade for him. You need to take advantage of that. You can't be going and getting Javante Williams in a draft at twelve overall. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, if you've got the twelve and thirteen picks, and you can't trade at all, I'm still contemplating taking Javante at thirteen over other players depending on who falls because if I can't trade, if you tell me I can't trade, then I'm not getting Javante at the other other end of the draft, on the third round. I'm not gonna. So I would contemplate it. Like, to me, Javante Williams can absolutely crush. Absolutely crush, bro. 13 overall okay. value. Absolutely crush 13 overall value. I'm not even concerned about it. I, again, give me a running back. Give me a running back that, that's ranked higher than Javante. Uh, do you run Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon? Uh, Joe Hello? Mixon, okay. And give me another yeah, running Joe back. Mix- give me, give me, give me two running backs. Okay, Joe Mixon and uh, we'll just go DeAndre Swift. Okay, so these are two running backs that are, are ranked ahead of him. Joe Mixon doesn't have volume concern. But what Joe Mixon does have is a lot of mileage. He's been abused over the years. There is a certain level of risk with that. It's acceptable risk. We like, we're like we okay with the risk, right? He's got so much upside in that offense, it's acceptable. But he does have a risk of, of being overworked. So he's got tons of miles on the tires to the point where, how do you feel about Mixon and Dynasty? Like, are, Do you feel a little more worried about him in Dynasty than Redraft? Yeah, I, I'd say in Dynasty, I feel, I feel a little bit more worried. Yeah. There's, a, there's like a couple more running backs that I take instead of yeah. him. Like I so, definitely would go for like an AK or Javante or anybody else in Dynasty. So his risk is miles. It's not situation. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he no longer has the usage risk. His risk is tied to injury, right? Like soft tissue injuries. There's a lot of people that fear injury. So if you've got uh, uh, Javante here. I think I'm running out of ink on this one. Javante here. His risk is Melvin Gordon. It's just a use. It's not even usage. It's Melvin Gordon. It's only Melvin. Like, we know he's going to get used. If Melvin Gordon were out of the equation, it wouldn't be like a running back by committee or a usage problem. It, his risk really is just Melvin Gordon. Like, if Melvin Gordon got injured tomorrow, Javante would climb into the top five of every single fantasy football draft. Would you agree with that without being biased? Do you think that if Melvin Gordon got hurt for the season tomorrow, would he go to top five? Josh? I would most definitely. I would most definitely go to top five. Okay. So this is the only risk standing in his way. 
Um, this this risk can't really go away. You're just gonna have to worry about it all year. This risk can't really go away. You just gotta worry about it all year and hope that it just doesn't you know pile up and get to him. This risk right here, this is this is potentially solvable by him being 29 years old. And even if it isn't solvable, it could also be solvable by him stepping up and delivering so much more production than him that he's going to get the work anyway. There's so much potential for this one risk to be solved that I have no concerns. Whereas any other player, you can at least argue it's still equal. I'm not saying Swift is better than Javante or Javante is necessarily better than Swift. I'm just saying this risk is so much more manageable than this risk. This risk is so much more manageable than even this risk because this guy's got no mileage. The only concern is a guy that's 29 years old that averaged 3.9 to 4 point yards per carry for his whole career. And he's 29 years old. I'm just not worried. I'm not worried at all. And even if in a worst case scenario, bro, in a worst case scenario, it's a 60-40 split all year, let's say. 60-40 split all year. Let's just say he's still going to produce third round value. Like there are going to be people that avoid Javante because of Melvin Gordon. They'll still avoid him in round three. They won't reset their thinking. Even if he got 60% of the work, he'd still earn late second round value. And people won't draft him there because they're worried about it. Would I take Aaron Jones or Javante? Javante, nothing's changed for me. The only thing that's changed for me, Chris, because this is the part that I don't, I feel like people aren't understanding, and I understand, I'm not mad. I just, this is my resting face, Chris. Um, I, the thing that is crazy to me is nothing has changed for me. Javante could be number two overall for all running backs in 2022. This report of a pitch count, you think that changes my mind? Do you think my mind has changed on where Javon... I just did a video that Javante could be the number one or number two overall running back in 2022. Do you think a report that both backs could be on a pitch count with no other explanation is going to change my mind? I'd take Javante over Aaron Jones all day long. That's me. I, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to take on the risk, but when I break down the risk, this risk is manageable to me, more so than any other risk a player could have because he's got all the other intangibles. There's no other risk involved with Javante. It's only Melvin Gordon. Only Melvin Gordon. I do agree with your take that I would also take Javante over over Aaron Jones in the second round as well. Yeah. That's okay if anybody and- thinks different, but give, give me Javante with a 60-40 split, which is, feels almost guaranteed. 55-60% guaranteed. Like, Melvin Gordon's not going to be the the number one back all year. He's not. I'm sorry. Even if he started the season 51% to to Javante's 49, which I don't think will be the case. Everything we're hearing out of camp is that Javante ran with the ones five out of the six days. Javante's got more of the the reps. It feels like it's going toward a 70-30 split, maybe 80-20, 70-30 split. That's been reported. And this new report where someone asked the OC a question where he said pitch counts, everybody's losing their crap and to the point where they're like, okay, thanks, Smitty, for that information, but let me ask you this question. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Javante? It's like, I mean, do what you can to gain advantage. If he's a third rounder, then you can draft Aaron Jones and Javante. Like, I'm not saying don't use your brain, but Javante can be the number one or the number two overall running back in 2022, nothing has changed for me 
at all. The only thing that's changed is everybody else allowing me to steal them away at an even lower cost of entry. That's the only thing that's changed today. That's it. Okay, and uh, one more question. Where do you think I should reach for D-Hop? Because I feel like after the six-game suspension, I feel like, D- I feel like after the six-game suspension, D-Hop will come back to being a close form of the D-Hop we saw of old. And and I was speaking to like my my other my other friend who does drafts like with me, and he was like I should reach no higher than the seventh round. But I feel like in my league somebody might snipe him in like the in like mid seventh. So should I take him like back to six? Uh, which player in the six? D Hop. D oh D Hop. Uh, yeah, you just said D Hop. Um, no, I think D Hop in the set in the seventh is good. I think D Hop in six. I mean, I guess it could be okay if you could get like Ayuk in seven to be your wide receiver three and then you go D hop and six to be your eventual wide receiver three but maybe maybe IU keeps them out of your lineup and you're like I'm just rolling with IU IU's blowing up I've done that a couple times bro I've done that a couple times and I really like it but I don't know that I did it at six and seven I might have done it at seven and eight I'd rather have St. Brown over Hopkins St. Brown's playing all year Hopkins is, is missing six games and who's to say and I like him but who's to say the PED thing that doesn't lead to injuries? You know what I mean, bro? Like, who knows what yeah. his body condition his body's in now that he's not doing those? Uh, I don't know too much about how how deep he was into all that, but it gives me a little pause until I know until I get told, hey, he you know this was like a one time thing. I don't really have a lot of information on that. I don't know that there's a lot of information out there because he's not admitting to it really. <laughs> so how can you find out? You know what I mean? So. I'm kind of uh, kind of left. I think we're all left to assume the worst. So, I think uh, would you rather have Einhorn or Finkel? Says Scott. <laughs> um, I don't know, bro. I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind Hopkins. I just don't think I'm going after him at in six. I'd rather have St. Brown. Isn't St. Brown there more more often than not? In your opinion, I think he is. I think he's always kind of. Uh, that, that's about that's about the time when he goes. Like sometimes he falls, but then sometimes he also does go. Like right before my pick in the six. Yeah. Um. It's tough, bro. I, I, I would say I would say St. Brown, and if St. Brown's gone, then I would probably say I would roll with. Let me just look at let me look at rankings real quick and see who's who's there. Uh, you feel like I should roll with the Judy instead? Uh, yeah, I'd roll with Judy over Hopkins. You get Judy all year. Yeah, I mean that, that's the question: is like, could the player potentially outscore Hopkins game by game when Hopkins is back? Judy could. Um, Hopkins is going around. Let me see where Hopkins' ADP is. Consensus wise, he's about wide receiver forty. And that's below Ayuk, below Devontae Smith, below Amon Ross St. Brown, below Juju, below Thielen, below Michael Thomas, below Godwin, uh, below Elijah Moore. So let me give you this list. Hopkins, I would I would I would rather have Elijah Moore, St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, uh, uh, Ayuk, Ayuk, and then and then Hopkins, because I like to pair the two. But would I rather Hopkins over Hunter Renfro? Yes. Over Christian Kirk, yeah. Over Robert Woods, for sure. Coming off an ACL, no thank you. Changing teams, no thank you. Tyler Lockett, I don't know that he survives the same 
in that quarterback situation. DK can because he's a jump ball, you know, go-getter. He's a dominator in terms of jump ball and, and catching an errant pass. Lockett's specifically designed to catch a football from a rain-dropping, throwing quarterback. So Lockett, I think, is a little bit lesser of a chance of delivering. Give me Hopkins. And then give me Ayuk. You know what I mean? But give me Elijah Moore. Uh, give me Hopkins over Juju. I'm not on this Juju train. I don't understand what people are are, are doing with that. Uh, Godwin. I'd probably rather... Ha- Godwin's... T- See, that's close. Because if Godwin does play week one... I don't know. I think he's putting himself at risk to get hurt. But he's an injury-prone guy trying to come back early from an... Eight, not early, but like he's not healthy. He's not going to be 100% healthy all year. And he's injury-prone. You know, so it's like, would I rather have Hopkins and Ayuk as a combo or Elijah Moore and Hopkins than to just be banking on Godwin. I don't know. That one's close. Mike Thomas. I could go Mike Thomas over Hopkins, I guess. Yeah. But but you're, you're talking about Renfro, Woods, Kirk, uh, Lockett, you know, some rookies, Russell Gage, MVS. I'd, I'd rather Hopkins. Anything, anything else, bro? Uh, actually, that, I do have one more. Do you have any extra news about Alvin Kamara? Do you think he'll get suspended this season or next season? Alvin Kamara. So the current the current thinking is, and I had an attorney on to talk about this, so I have pretty good insight on this, and I feel like I have a pretty good guesstimation as to what's probably going to happen. Um, the pushing the the trial forward sixty days most likely is going to put. An early season suspension, like completely down to zero percent, you know, or close to it. I mean, the NFL could technically do whatever they want in terms of like put them on paid leave, go work on this. You know, the the Watson situations making it. So I wouldn't say zero percent. The Watson situations making us, you know, make rash decisions about this and that. But the odds are probably likely that this is a let it play out in court kind of thing before we actually take action, disciplinary action. However. And I, I posed this to Tony, the attorney that came on, and we said that, and I posed this question to him. I said, okay, it's been pushed forward, the hearing, not even the trial, the hearing for the trial got pushed forward 60 days. Is it feasible to think if it doesn't get pushed forward again, that a trial would begin before the season ended? And he said, yes, he thought that the trial would begin before the season ended. Then I asked him, do you think if a trial began even in week 10, Week 11, which he said is very feasible that a trial begins before week 11, week 12, week 10. What are the odds that the NFL puts Kamara immediately on the commissioner exemplist paid? So on paid leave, you're not technically uh, you're not technically suspending him or casting down discipline. You're putting him on paid leave. You're paying him. And he said that he it almost sounded like he was like, that's going to happen. Like if a trial starts before the season ends... The, the NFL is not going to likely allow Kamara to go to trial during the week and play on Sundays and have all that dragged out, you know, in front of everybody because it's going to be like this dude's beating a guy unconscious and him and his friends continued to beat him while he was unconscious. Very bad look for the NFL. What's he going to do? Go to trial for that. Go play a game. Go to trial. They're going to say, commissioner exemplis, paid leave. You're not being disciplined. We're paying you to go work this out and come back when it's over. And then if he loses the trial, then he's going to end up having discipline. Um, I think that's really likely. But but is it worth drafting him in the third round? Yes. 
is it worth drafting him at the top of two? No, because everybody's pretending in their mind right now he's not going to see any discipline, and we don't know that. It could be late season suspension or paid leave. So I would say third round, sure. Take take it in one one league. Take on the risk. Second round, no thank you. No thank you. All right, man, I'm going to let you go. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, that's it, Smitty. Appreciate you. Yeah, call in any time. Later. That was Josh. Good calls, good questions. Good job, Josh. Kamara, that's a tough one. It's a tough one, broskies. Saquon isn't going to fall there. I'd say just go Taylor or CMC at 1.1. I'm not sure what that question's for. Wasn't his trial pushed back? No, his hearing was pushed back 60 days, which is where the problem lies because now everybody assumes that he's not going to be suspended, which he won't be early on but certainly could be later in the season if the trial begins. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Hey, it's Vinny. It's Mike again. Mike, what's up? I got a question for you. In best, ball, in best ball drafts, what is your favorite under-the-radar stack? Like, what team is your favorite under-the-radar stack in best ball? Because one team that I don't think is getting enough love for stacking and I know this seems like a little bit obvious, are the San Francisco 49ers going Lance to IU and gambling on one of the running backs? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like Lance Debo or Lance Ayuk. I mean, these are not, these are obvious. These are not sleeper stacks by any means, but I absolutely well, love. Well, what, I was, what I was saying was combining, combining the running backs. I think they're going to run the ball too a lot this year. Oh, running backs? You're saying like Mitchell and Lance? Yeah, like like because a lot of people when they stack, they yeah. just think of the passing because I think San Francisco is going to have a lethal rushing attack. This yeah, year. yeah, Lance and Mitchell will be very good. So Lance and Mitchell is definitely up there. Lance Mitchell, um, if I had to say like underrated, let's see. Yeah, like a team. I'd probably say. I mean, obviously Herbert and Eckler, but you're wanting a little bit underrated. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Uh, I mean, this, does Javante qualify right now? Can you get Russell Wilson and Javante? Because that's technically get a third rounder and like what a oh, six. Oh yeah, I've been doing. I've been. I've been. I've been doing that a lot. You know, Russell Wilson, Javante, Sutton, and Judy. Yeah, Albert O. Maybe Tyler Connor. Um, Brees Hall, Mike White. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but like a lot of people think Jacksonville is is a team that has a lot of value on it. But I you don't know, know man. I, you know, but I don't mind. Not. I don't mind Lawrence. I think Lawrence is gonna have a good year. I think people are are gonna undervalue Lawrence a lot. I don't know that I would say he's like one of the better underrated stacks, but I'd say Lawrence in a super flex league, man. I mean, he's gonna be a great quarterback too for somebody because. Everyone's going to have that, what have you done for me lately, recency bias. I mean, Urban Meyer destroyed that, that season. So it's, like, a, it's oh, just yeah. like his rookie year, but he doesn't have a lot of the rookie jitters, and he's learned a lot. So it's kind of like this will be an amazing rookie year for him. But, uh, you know, I think I think, uh, I think think th- that covers it. I mean, I mean, there's not a whole lot of other stacks I can think of at the moment that, that are under undervalued under the radar. I mean, of course, I love the big dog stacks, but. I think um you know not not many not many stacks are gonna beat Herbert and Eckler. I can tell you that. Are you are you are you a fan of the Jameis double stack and picking two receivers? 
you think that could hit? Like Jameis in the two wideouts? Yes. Mm, I'm not sure I believe in Jameis. I feel like Jameis is like a, a very big injury risk. You know? Okay. Yeah, he got he, he rolled his ankle today. Yeah, so you know, you know what I mean? Like, he's like... I'll, also, you got to keep in mind, like, everybody's so quick to jump down my neck when I'm doubting uh, injured players. But it's like it's my nature to be cautious of injury because I know a lot about injury. But I would say that, you know, there are certain players that feel like they're they're just destined to get hurt. And, and when you're coming back from an injury and you're injury prone... Like, let me put this in perspective. Godwin's a perfect example. Godwin is one of the higher-risk players you could draft in 2022. Not only not only is his value climbing back into a ridiculous, like, fifth, sixth-round, seventh-round range. And, and seventh might be okay, but, like, five-six. Like, the five-six turn. I'm seeing people now take Godwin around there. The reason that's one of the riskiest things in the world is when you come back from an ACL tear you're consistently compromising other muscles and ligaments and process in terms of how you step, cut, jump, accelerate, um, you know, utilize your muscles. You're compensating, you know? So when you have a torn ACL and you go running and you cut on your torn ACL knee, your recovered knee, you are in ways you can't even describe to another person that hasn't gone through it. You are compensating on the weight you put on your knee in so many ways you can't explain. Like my thigh, my calf, my patellar tendon, um, your 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 hamstrings. And so what happens is an injury-prone player like Godwin coming back from an ACL tear is so likely to have another injury this first year back because he's compensating the entire time. You know, and these in, these these players are really. You know, they're professionals, they go through rigorous PT and all that, but Godwin is clearly not, like, ahead, ahead of schedule. He's, like, pushing it, you know what I mean? He's, like, barely there, like, Saquon was behind schedule. Saquon had no shot last year. It was, the writing was on the wall, as clear as day. I tried to scream it as loud as I could. You can't possibly come back when you're not ready and get thrown into an NFL season. You have swelling every day. Your knee, your knee swells because it's trying to protect itself because you're putting it in a vulnerable position that it shouldn't be in. These athletes are trying to get back too early. They, it used to be a full year before you could run on your ACL, bro. Like when you got, like when a normal human being, not an, not a professional athlete, gets an ACL tear, they don't let you run on it for one calendar year, like ten months to one calendar year. They don't. I couldn't actually run for one full year, and I had the same ACL reconstruction that these guys are having. They they they, yeah. they push it they push the limits. And when you go out there, your body swells. Your body swells. Why does your body swell to protect it? If you ever smash your finger, it swells up to protect it. Your knee swells up to protect it. You're doing something that's harming it. It's saying, uh alert red alert, red alert, release it. Let's protect this, let's surround it. This is like a big bubble we're gonna put around the injury. So my, my, to answer the question, I, what was what was the player you've been asked about? I, I got sidetracked. Um, we were talking about um, Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, so here's a very injury prone guy that's pushing his limits, compensating, and that leads to injuries. Like Dalvin Cook coming back from his ACL injury, 
tore his hamstring, had hamstring issues that whole entire, or strained his hamstring. He had, he had hamstring issues his whole entire year back from ACL. Uh, Barkley, he struggled. He struggled, sprained his ankle. People say that was freak. Was it freak? Was it freak or was Barkley, is that the tendency Barkley has is to rush into things and, and dude was running into his lineman, stepped on his lineman's foot. He wasn't taking proper precautions. He dislocated his elbow practically the play before he tore his ACL. Barkley is a potential injury risk. A lot of people call him glass for a reason. I worry about Barkley. You know, coming back last year, I, I, he's a complete avoid. I'm a little bit more on board Barkley because he's had a whole year to get right. Dude's a massive man. Um, strong as can be. So I'm a little bit more on board the Barkley train this year, but in third round territory, not second round value. Like I'm taking Javante over Barkley and everyone's going to be like, what, what about the pitch count? What about it? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So that assume, I'm assuming then you're not buying the, the JK Dobbins. A lot of people are getting back on him. Let him, let him bro. Okay. You know, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, just like putting, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, putting $50 on the number five on a roulette wheel. Like, is it possible? Sure. Like, will I look like an idiot if I tell you not to do it and then they roll it and it's on four? Yeah, you'll probably never listen to me again. No, I would. I, I, I still would because, you know, the, well, the 2012 injury. Adrian Peterson stuff happens, you know. That happens yeah, well, you're logical about it. But what I'm saying is, is there a chance of any of these things that I say I wouldn't go near him because, of course, there's a chance. But, like, if I'm telling you I have the odds, let's say, and you're like, I'm drafting Henry number one overall, and I'm like, bro, he's at, he's got a 920 carries in 2.5 seasons, bro. 2.5 seasons. He, he has 1,900 carries. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Uh, 920 carries in 2.5 seasons. That is unreal. Like the odds of him staying healthy coming off of a 920 carries in 2.5 seasons off of a, a 400 plus carry season off of a 2000 yard season, which those things broke him. The odds of him coming back and returning to his old self is is really is really low like i would say that's similar to a a, a really bad bet on the roulette wheel <laughs> is it a little bit better than four putting a number on all of it on four but it, this is not a red or a black or you know putting it on a third it's like it's putting on like thirds it's like putting it on third you have like a, a one in three chance in my opinion of getting 15 games out of them and and that and that's not okay. me doubting them because i'm a hater or i'm it's it's logical historical guidance if you will history has told us it doesn't happen that's why there's the caution could he be the first person ever to to get a hunt to get 900 plus carries in a 2.5 window of time weighing 250 plus pounds breaking and then coming back after a 2000 yard season and a 400 plus carry season which no running back returns from those things they don't any running back that's run for 2000 yards or had that 400 carry season that has gotten injured doesn't return back to elite form he would be the first ever and there's a reason why i'm okay with it is because like on a roulette wheel there's a chance of doing it i'm okay if you want to do it i'm not going to make you take a lap but am i going to do it no am i going to caution people away from it yes so Jameis Winston, these stay away from injured players that are coming back from season-ending injuries their first year back when they're injury-prone 
or they've been put in a position like in Henry's case where he's, his body's been compromised and abused. You take away A.J. Brown, now you're going to run Henry even more? You know, eight, more eight-man fronts, more hits? The dude loses a step even a little bit. He's not going to be able to break through the line of scrimmage. He's just going to get blasted. So I, I'm a little bit yeah. worried, worried, worried about Henry. Big, big. He's been a big fan for me too. But can I ask you one final question? I'll let you go. Yeah. So a team I actually just I just thought of as a team that actually I wanted to hit on was like the Houston Texans. I think they have some value. They play in a dome. I'm talking best ball too. They play in a dome. They have a kind of a soft division. You know, like I think pieces of that team could be valuable in best ball in some format. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think Pierce, Damian Pierce, is a really good pick. I, I pick him up in any draft I can get if I get my hands on him. Um, I, I think uh, I think Houston has some Ron Navy. If Ron Navy's still in here, he loves Brandon Cooks. Absolutely loves Brandon Cooks, and I don't blame him. And I don't blame anybody that loves Brandon Cooks. I undervalue Brandon Cooks. I admittedly need to rank him higher, and I continue to just—I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's the Texans. And I love, I love, I love uh, Davis Mills. So I don't even know what it is. I admit it. I admit it, though. I admit it. I need to raise Brandon Cooks up. I'm—I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about him. Maybe he's just not the craftiest pick. I don't. I don't know what it is. But but I, yeah, I love well, Davis Mills. So you think I'd like Cooks? Their OC was the OC with with the Colts during Andrew Luck's beginning of his career. And I know they love running two tight end sets. And with Mechie out of the picture, that should make Nico Collins and Cooks just the the in the two receivers with Brevin Jordan and somebody else there. Yeah. So it's yeah, kind yeah. of a kind of a thin. It's a. Uh, a vacuum, you know. And Damian and Damian uh, Pierce is really, really good. He, he's yep. a he's a big dude, big big dude that knows how to grind it out between the tackles. And I think Damian Pierce is gonna gonna definitely um, shine and and become a, a potential. Yeah, I think Avatar. It's probably why I've strayed away from Cooks is the concussions, and he's been able to avoid them though. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it, at what point do we let that go? But concussions have a recidivism rate that is really high. Like when you have one concussion, yeah. your odds most likely, not every time, because one can be an outlier and all that. But when you have concussions, you're probably more prone to more concussions every time you get one. So that means Cook is yeah. Cook, Cooks is Brandon Cooks is more likely to have a concussion than probably anybody in the entire National Football League. Like to be frank. And that's why I think I, I've grown a little bit of a cautionary bubble, like spacer between me and Cooks, but he's been delivering and he hasn't been getting hurt. And if Frank Gore taught us anything, Frank Gore is the most injury-prone player on the planet Earth at one point. Ankles, knees, shoulders, neck, uh, you know, everything. Foot, both feet, you know, everything you could think of. Frank Gore, all of a sudden... At one point in his career, became I think his bones like ossified or turned into metal or something because this man could not get injured any longer. Frank Gore could not get hurt any longer. It's it's ama- it was amazing the transformation that this guy did when going from the most injury prone to not a guy that just couldn't get hurt. Um, you know ACLs, he had everything, yeah. he had everything broke. Frank Gore's shoulder, he was the most he was a walking injury. So. Brandon Cooks, it seems like he's gone. He's taken that blueprint. And it's like, here he is, the most concussion-prone player in the NFL. One more and he's done. And he just doesn't get one. He just avoids getting a concussion. So, it's it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. 
Yeah, well, thank you, Smitty. I appreciate you taking time for my call, buddy. Yeah, man. Appreciate you uh, calling anytime. Good questions. Later. Thank you, buddy. Frank Gore, remember that? I remember just being like this guy's you know, walking injury and he just flipped a switch and never got hurt ever again. It was unbelievable. Dude, dude could go through anything. I think his bones turned to steel. Uh, Sober wants to ask a question about Dynasty. In a Dynasty League, would you all trade Aaron Jones for A.J. Dillon in a 2023 third round pick? I'd rather have Aaron Jones. You have reached Brandon Cooks' voicemail. To leave a message, press 1. Well, yeah, I want to leave a message for Brandon Cooks' voicemail. Um, Yeah, Brandon Cooks is like one of the most consistent receivers out there. And, you know, this guy Smitty, every time he's down on a player, he uses injury as as a reason not to pick him. Even though the guy is like doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, uh, message deleted. <laughs> uh, I have had them on before, Rock Out, and, uh, uh, you know, everybody's so busy these days. Um, yeah, Brandon, thank you for the super chat, Rock Out. Rock Out with the super chat. Yeah, I, I, admit, I admit I'm down on Cook's. Um, more than I should be like but at least I'm honest about it though you know I love Davis Mills for some reason I'm never drafting Brandon Cooks I don't know what the deal is I think it I think it has to do with concussions I don't know what it is I admit it it doesn't doesn't make no sense I here I am early drafting and I'm drafting Menchie early on in the best ball draft and he's out for the rest of the year and he never even got started Cooks is like consistently every week you can count on his points He's not going to have those big highs and lows. He's just going to be consistent. And that's you need those type of players on your on your on your team sometimes. Um, real quickly, Sergio's calling me out in the chat says, "Did you really just take Aaron Jones over AJ Dillon in a 2023 first? No, I didn't. The question unless I read it wrong, in a dynasty league, would you all trade Aaron Jones for AJ Dillon in a 2023 third?" So, Sober, or Sergio, you might want to recheck that out, broski. All right, go ahead. Sorry, Ron. So, so here, 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 here's the thing right now. we're Because ta- he was talking about, you know, best ball and, and sneaky, um, you know, stacks and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, running backs, stacking running backs, unless they're a top, they're being utilized top, you know, as a, as a catch-receiving running back. Um, doesn't do you no good to stack them um, yeah. unless they're going to bring you that really good value. But here's here's something that people can look at. If you're smashing the top of your draft and you're going down and you get some good stacks up there, a later on stack that you could get, and it all falls kind of perfectly, is you could pick up, like, especially not having the news that Hines is going to be utilized more as a pass catching out of the backfield this year. You can pick up Hines, or um, and then you can come down and pick up Ryan as your second quarterback or third quarterback. And then you got Campbell there that you can pick up, and you got Alex Smith that you can pick up. Now that's a late round stack that you can get that a lot of people just probably overlook. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to stack, and, and stacking's good in best ball. 
And Sergio said here, tell me you don't know anything about Dynasty talking to me without telling me you don't know anything about Dynasty. And I, I, I told Sergio, Sergio, you were in diapers. You were sharding in your diaper when I was creating Dynasty content. So just wanted to, to, to let you know that, Sergio. But Sergio, I think you misread everything up above and you created a big old mess um, on, on accident. And he, he apologizes. Tell me you read without reading, Sergio. Without reading. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Sergio, clean clean fresh start. Bro fist? But, you know, you check yourself before you, you start accusing the host of not knowing something when I literally have been doing this for 20 years and I've been creating Dynasty content literally probably before your, your, your parents had a thought to even have you. Before they even lit the candle and got the lasagna and, and you know, put on uh, 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 we've, You've Got Mail. And they decided to conceive you. I was creating Dynasty content, bro. So I'm just saying. Okay. I have the flu. So part of my, my abrasiveness tonight. <laughs> Here's the last thing I will say, Smitty. And uh, you know I'm on board with you with Javante, right? You know that. You've seen my drafts. You know I pick them a lot, right? Yeah. I'm not concerned with Javante. But I'm also not concerned with Gordon. Okay, I don't have to say, well, Gordon's 29 years old and this and that. To, 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 I, I don't care. I don't care about Gordon when I'm picking Javante. In fact, I want Gordon to do well. Gordon, when he first came in the league, remember, he was like, they were like prosecuting that guy saying he's not a number one running back. But he kept proving them wrong and proving them wrong. And he's like getting all these touchdowns and everything else. Gordon, I want to see him do good. But he also keeps Javante from being overused to where he becomes injury prone. And there's very few bell cow running backs that, I mean, single running backs there. So most everybody's using a secondary running back anyways. So I, Gordon doesn't bother me at all. Gordon's going to get his. Javante's going to get his. And, you know, it's all about what they do when they get the ball. And Javante is going to take it to the house. And he's going to get his. Gordon will get his probably down toward the goal line work because he's a bigger back and he can punch it in. And so that doesn't concern me. It's just like, okay, Elliot. Elliot, Elliot Zeke is, is getting old, but he still puts up 1,000-yard years, right? You got Pollard there. Does Pollard affect Elliot? No. Does, does, does any of these... You know, they don't really affect each other. They just complement each other. And that's what people are forgetting. They want to gear in on Javante and, and how Gordon's going to affect him. But they forget all these other running backs out there that also have a, a number two running well, back Ron, that is producing. Ron, just to simplify it even more, I don't know if you saw me earlier break down the Javante risk, but I was just trying to explain that, like, when you take in a player like Joe Mixon, who's got lots of mileage, that's a risk. But it's willing you're willing to overlook it because he's got such a good upside. Uh, Swift has got injury risk. Look at CMC. Look at Najee getting so much volume last year. What does Najee have that, that Javante doesn't have risk-wise? Offensive line? Quarterback play? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's exactly what you're saying. I'm saying also in a, in a little bit different way. But it's like if Najee's got offensive line overworked rookie year, uh, no no certainty at the quarterback position, a lot of mouths to feed, and a quarterback that may not throw the same to him like Big Ben did, did checking down, 
there's so many more risks right there than just Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is the only risk that Javante has. Javante has talent, the metrics, the everything, the eyeball test, everything, the offense. They're going to potentially be a Super Bowl contending team. There is zero, double zero. There's, I don't don't even have the Tua glasses on. I don't have my Javante glasses on. There is zero risk for Javante across the board except for Melvin Gordon. And guess what his risk is? 29 years old, and I know you said you're not even using that, but I am. I'm saying his only risk is 29 years old and not as good of a player as him. So if Javante outshines him like he outshined everybody in the entire National Football League last year, I don't know, bro. I think that risk is lower than the risk that that Najee has. You know what I mean? But people look at it different. Oh, there goes Hodo Prime talking down on the Steelers again. I got two words for you, Hodo Prime, and I'm not going to say them. Anyways. um, (laughs) You what? You know, Denver is in a unique position, and if you're a Denver fan, you got to be happy to have Gordon on your team. Because like in Najee's case, if Najee goes down, there's no good, solid running back behind Najee. There's all these teams that have no good running back behind them. If something were to happen to Javante, they would still have Gordon to rely on, or vice versa. You know, they're very, they got a good one-two punch right there. And, and one can fill in with the other if something were to happen to one or the other. It doesn't matter. Um, a lot of teams don't have that. Yeah. Hey, where's Sergio? Sergio, when I when I was telling you all those things I was telling you, you didn't have to go away. I hope you're still here. Sometimes some of the most loyal people here are, are the ones that snap at me at the beginning. So I want Sergio to stay. I just he came in hot, so I, I was you know I'm I, I've got the I got the flu, man. I'm I'm a little bit I'm like I'm very warm, so I, I get heated quickly. Apparently, I get heated quickly anyway. This is my resting face that I always wear. Um, anything else, Ron? What else you got? No, I'm just going to tell Hoda Prime. Pittsburgh got eight Super Bowl trips, one sixth of them. They got, they got, so don't ever count them out. And they're not bad. You just watch. They're going to surprise people this year. And I, I, you know what? Trubisky, everybody's down Trubisky. He took Chicago to the playoffs a couple different times. He just needed a good landing spot. He's going to be fine for the Steelers if he, if he starts. And, and all these people that are bashing Pittsburgh, guess what? You're in for a freaking surprise, and I love that you're bashing them because um, every time people just put them on the back burner, they come out, and all they do is win. So there you go. Love you, Smitty. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate all your support, pal. Ron Navy, the man, the myth, the legend. Coffee talk with Ron. Javante to the moon. You want a moon call? Javante to the moon is right. To the moon. The moon men dropping loads in outer space. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars men. You're live on the fantasy football show. What can I do for you? And who am I talking to? Uh, Where's Sergio? I'm a Cowboys fan. I can't say nothing bad about the Steelers, says Robert. Ron Navy's still laughing. Ron Navy hung up the phone, was laughing. He's still laughing. See, look. 
You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Who am I talking to? Yo, I have a question. Which one do you think is better, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Uh, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say Josh Allen is the better quarterback currently. And if, if, you know, if I'm drafting in fantasy, I'm still drafting Josh Allen if all things are equal. But I love the value of Burrow in the sixth round more than I love the value of Josh Allen in round three, if that makes sense. So it depends on the question and how, how we're wording it. But, I mean, you're going you're gonna to rank Josh Allen ahead. He finished number one last year. Burrow's kind of the underdog to be maybe the one, two, or three in fantasy football 2022 so we'll give the we'll give the road to Josh Allen, but we'll say the draft value is better. How long how long you been playing fantasy? Um, not really that much. All right. Well, appreciate the question. Good question. Okay. Good job. See you later, man. Bye. Bye. Good question. Good question. I like it. I like it. Um. Yeah. Who? Who? Did, who? Uh, who? Is that anybody in here that set up their uh, their son to ask a question? That was good. That was good. It is a little late though. I'm saying probably should be in bed. It's a school night. <laughs> Where's Sergio? Maybe that was Sergio. Sergio, where are you? Who, uh, let's see here. Way past bedtime, yeah. You know, we're a family show. We're a family show. Someone said that was the Bruce. The Bruce calling in. Uh, Where is the Bruce? Bruce calling, bro. Where are you at, the Bruce? AT&T. Evening, Smitty. How you doing, man? You have reached the voicemail box of Josh Allen. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'm just going to say 13 seconds to Josh Allen to hang up the phone. Yeah. What's um, up, man? Can't sing, baby. Uh, nothing much, man. I just want to... Everybody's worried about risk, right? We had the same conversation um, in the league chat with the uh, LT guys. About in a uh, NFL future set, man, you're playing fantasy football. There's built-in risk. Like it's just it's what it is. I'm gonna pay my fifty dollars, my hundred dollars, my five hundred dollars, my thousand dollars, whatever. And then I'm gonna bank on my team to stay healthy and make it through the season so I can cash this check. Only thing that we can do is look at basic metrics, basic health risk, and then just deduce what that information is telling us. That's it. That's all we can do. Everything's a risk. Anytime, even if you're playing for free, you're playing for your pride. So the 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 people that I'm staying away from are the ones that have high risk. Saquon Barkley, if he's in the fifth, I'll take it. If he's not in the fifth, I'm not taking. I get bla- like, bro. I get blasted for saying that I I only like him in the third. I only say that to just appease some people. Like I'm not taking him in the third because. There's just players I like better. I'm still taking Brees Hall, even losing Becton potentially. I'm obviously taking Javante Williams over uh, Barkley, um, but it's right. not it's not for everybody, and I understand. But 
But Javante, look, this is this is going to go one of two ways. Javante's either going to blow up and have the season. Everybody's going to be like, damn, this guy is so good. I can't believe it. What a monster. Or he's going to end up, you know, end up getting screwed by the coaching staff. And, and then your boy Smitty's going to be, like, disappointed. All of us are going to be disappointed. I mean, that's the risk you're talking even, about. Even if, we're dis- even if we're disappointed, we're still talking about a guy that we took at 13, right? Ranking 24 overall. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's worse things. You could take CMC and he steps on a thumbtack week one. Like I, I just and then that's two all the way down. I've, I've been burned by CMC twice. So Everybody has a right. Again. Everybody I've has been, a right to walk away from a player and say, "Look, you burn me two years and I'm not doing it." Like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody should be critical of somebody else's opinion of walking away from a player and saying, "Sorry, no CMC, no Barkley, no Mike Thomas." You know, whatever, I and mean, that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with either side of the, of that stance. And there's things you can look at in life, patterns, right? Somebody's always broke. They're always asking you to borrow fifty dollars. You don't get your fifty dollars back three times. You gonna lend them fifty dollars again? No, you're not. <laughs> but, but what if, what if it was a freak? Uh, you know, misplacing of the fifty dollars twice in a row. You know. Yeah. No. Sorry. There's a pattern there. So, like, but what what if the what if the person that wants the fifty but what if the person that wants the fifty dollars has the strongest quads in the league? Right. Well, I mean that that might be a different situation. I might have to you know <laughs> get my fifty dollars back another way. But well, all all I'm going to say, bro, no, is you true. do you. Don't worry about other people. I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah. not let the Javante like doubt and questions that are just flooding in. Even bother me. What bothers point. me is the same people that question Javante's workload are Cam Akers backers. Yeah. Or, ooh, did you see J.K. Dobbins just got off the pup list? Yeah, he's back. And I'm a Chiefs fan. He's I'm back. not touching CH. JK, so. <laughs> JK's back. You know, or or yeah. like Godwin. Godwin, you know, cutting or being ready for we- Godwin's a risk. And and I'm okay with anybody. Wanting to take a risk on Godwin, wanting to take a risk on Barkley, I need to be more accepting of it. Is what I'm trying to come to a conclusion tonight. You know, I've got the yeah. flu. I'm a little bit heated. I feel like I have like a fever, and so I'm I'm you know when you have those moments where you like you feel like you're out of body, like I feel like I've been like that all day, uh-huh. like where I'm standing above the whole studio and I'm watching. You know, it's like so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit like out of sorts, but I, I'm feeling like. You know what? I, instead of arguing with people over and over, and I know that sometimes you guys like that for the content, but I don't need to beat a dead horse on Javante. You you know my stance by this point. And and if anybody thinks a, a comment right. about a pitch count is going to overrule everything else we've heard all week about how five out of the six days Javante's been the, the number one running back, that it's looking like it's going to be a 70-30 split or, at least, or an 80-20, but at least a 70-30 split. Like if anybody's taking away that Melvin Gordon's the starter, then I think they're 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 just wanting to root against Javante at this point. So I'm done. I'm done with it at this point. Javante is literally still my dark horse. Of course, I don't draft him any later than I any earlier than I have to. And it sounds like we can get him in round three now. But Javante is my dark horse number one or number two running back in 2022. And everybody can just enjoy the show. Get your popcorn ready. You disagree? Fine. I I welcome it. Help I mean, help me lower his with, value with, with, while you're at it. What's happened recently is people are lowering Hall, Javante, and ETN. 
And if I can get ETN in the sixth round, I'm going to punch that ticket every time. If yeah, I can he, get, because that just strengthens my team. Like, he, I was doing 10-man mocks on the, uh, uh, the Fantasy Pros, um, you know, where you're going draft against other people. Yep. I was crushing, right? Like, I'm happy with that team. If I can get that on my $500 league, I am ecstatic. I'm doing so, my draft like, right, right now. Cool, I'm doing a buddy draft right now, and I, I wish this news would have broke before the draft so I could have got Javante in the third round. And I don't know that I would have pushed it because, honestly, I want to own Javante more than any player in fantasy football in 2022. I truly – it's the number one, you know, grab for me. Um, Brees Hall, too. But but I might have been able to get away with it a, a lot later grab, you know. So yeah, there's there's three advantage. players that I'm trying not to leave the draft that if I can help it, try not to leave without. That's Chase, Javante, and Elijah Moore. Because I think they're just going to blow up. They're going to go crazy this year. Yep. Chase, Javante, Elijah. Moore. I'll put Sam Brown in there. I mean, we got this group right here. The Moon Man dropping loads in outer space. Sam Brown's climbing a lot. Like, yeah, like everybody's space monsters. Everybody's getting behind. I I think St. Brown you can get in the sixth round, pretty regular. Uh, but when you can get him in round seven, it's like a whole different ball game. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, man. You got anything else? Nah, that's it, man. I just wanted to let everybody know, like everything you do in life has an assumed risk. So of course, whether you take the risk or you don't, that's up to you. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with taking different risks that maybe is new and isn't proven to disappoint you. I mean, everybody's taking risk a certain way. Uh, you know, like Fournette, for example, you want to bank on Fournette because of Brady and they, they paid him. There's a lot of reasons to want to buy into Fournette. But if you're also like, I'm not touching him around two, he's awful value in around two that you're, you're, you're risking that he could work out. You're risking and others are risking that he, you know, you know you're both taking risk. You know, whenever you, Whenever right. you pass on Christian McCaffrey at number five overall, you're taking a risk. Whenever you draft him at five overall, you're taking a risk. There's risk on both sides, investing and not investing. The question you got to ask yourself is, does one side seem overwhelming? And when it seems overwhelming, that means the risk is low or the risk is high. You know, like if passing on Javante. The question at, that I ask, the question ahead. I ask when I'm drafting is, will I get mad if somebody snipes this player if I pass on him now? Exactly. That's the biggest one that I've been going with because if I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to make it back to me. And yeah, it looks like I'm region seven, but I know what this player is and what he's capable of. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan. I still have nightmares of what Javante did to my Chiefs. Yeah. Like, it was horrendous. He had 22 carries and just destroyed the linebackers, the safeties. The defensive lineman couldn't tackle him. It was mm-hmm. it was it was atrocious. And you have to think Daniel Hackett is smart enough to look at that game film of like, well, every time he gets more than fifteen carries, he pretty much goes off. It's the same thing with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, you had to feed twenty carries every time before. Yeah, he, he Derrick Henry's not doing it on twelve. Like we've seen Derrick Henry right. literally game after game, like literally game after game. If you owned him last year, you know this is true. Game after game, you literally at halftime, it was like 40 yards and you're like what is going on and then by the end of the game it was like a buck 25 and two scores because he was wearing down the defense and they kept feeding him 
and it's like he's got to get volume to get going, and, and he's a fourth-quarter guy. Uh, someone asked here, I, I got to let you run, pal. I'm, I'm about ready to close it down. But, James, oh, I, pre- I always appreciate your oh, call. Yeah, you're fine. Call in any time, my man. Not a problem, man. Drink some broth and uh, chew on some honey. Yeah, appreciate it. better for us. Later. All right. That was James. Mr. Conklin, appreciate that, man. Big part of the show. Phone lines are closed. Uh, someone asked me if you can draft all the moon men on one team. The moon men. So, Dropping yeah, loads in outer uh, space. Almost all of them. So if you think about it, your first rounder is, I mean, yeah, you don't space even have... Monsters. You don't even have a first rounder on this board, you know. So if we if we assume Jamar Chase is eventually put on here, because honestly, his ADP is falling so low that it, it almost makes sense to put Chase on this list. But he's also going to Mars. So, but if we basically say you get Javante in round uh, two, you get Brees Hall or Etienne in round three, Brees Hall in round four, because now you got Beck, the Beckton injury. You've got, uh, let's see here, uh, Burrow round five, Saint, uh, Schultz round six, maybe St. Brown seven, maybe Walker eight, probably don't get Trey Lance as well. Yeah, maybe you miss out on Trey and Pollard. You probably can't land every single one of them, but I just mapped out how you could probably land the majority of the big the big guns. So sure, sure. I'm out of here. Appreciate you all. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show. Like the the, the the video comment below. I pretty much get to every comment. Sometimes it takes me about two or three days to get back to some of your comments, but I try to answer every single comment, initial comment. Maybe not all the replies or the replies, but every initial comment you make. Um, you could always ask a new comment versus a follow-up, too, if you don't think I get back to your follow-up. But I get alerted every time there's an actual comment, so um, ask a comment test me see if i'll get back to you might take a day or whatever but see get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com get your lifetime membership your bold predictions your rankings your trade calculator uh your boy smitty invented the first instant from everything i can research uh invented invented the first instant based trade calculator in 2003 and uh it's been improved every year so go go get your trade on Link a uh, link to underdog down below. Go test out all these new ADPs. Go get Brees Hall in four. Go get Javante in three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what's going on with my system right now. But yeah, get out of here. Appreciate you all. Peace out. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Avi. Thank you, Lone Sentinel. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Hod, Roger, everybody. Chris M4, appreciate you. Thank you for all the super chats. Rock out, Terry, Kenny P. Um, all, all my usuals. D Town. If I haven't said your name, I apologize. Frake. Frake in the building. Um, get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your lifetime membership. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it now. Rock out, DM me. Is this for the show, Rock Out? Your mock draft? Lance, Debo, Metcalf, Najee, Hall, Fryermuth, ETN, Mooney. Nice, nice, bro. Appreciate you all. See you all on the flip side. See you tomorrow.
Elijah Mitchell or Javante Williams, Javante Williams, bro. Nothing's changed for me. I, I try and get away with what I can, but give me, give me Javante all day. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed.